All right, well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tuesday Bro Tuesday. Tuesday Bro Tuesday is generally the live call-in show where everybody gets to discuss a topic of the day. But today's topic of the day is just anarchy. It's anarchy out there. It's crazy. There's, there's stuff just piling on. It seems like every single day. Vaping is under attack. Tobacco harm reduction is under attack. Uh, advocacy groups are under attack. There was someone in South Africa said that we should be called vape terrorists, which, look, that's obviously ridiculous, right? We're not vape terrorists, but we're here to talk about the state of the vape industry as it is right now, where we're at, what we're doing, what what can be done. What can be done? I believe there's some things that can be done. And uh, we're going to have a very special guest today. I'm going to bring him on in just uno momento. But we have Alex Clark from Casa here. Uh, he's just as mad as everybody is. He, he's, he's just as mad as all of us. He's just as mad as I am. Um, but Casa. Kassad does it. Kassad gets stuff done. So let me let me bring on uh, let me bring on our special guest. Let me give a first big welcome to everybody in the chat. Big welcome to everybody on the replay. Thanks for coming out. I know it's always weird. Tuesday afternoon at two p.m. It's a little bit weird, and I get it. It's a little bit weird. But let's bring on uh, let's bring on our guest. So we have his video here, and we have his audio here. Everybody, this is Alex Clark from Kassad. Yes. Yes, Alex Clark from Casa. So, Alex, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, just tell everybody in the chat what it, what it is you do, what it is you do over there at the Casa. What does Casa even do? So, we are the Consumer Advocates for Smoke-Free Alternatives Association. Mm-hmm. We are a tobacco harm reduction organization. We represent the voice of the consumer um, in as many ways as we possibly can. Um, you know, we, we are we advocate for access to um, all smoke-free alternatives to combustible tobacco, and of course, vaping is you know the yeah. one that's on everybody's mind. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean that's how a lot of people came to the organization. It was people that quit smoking by switching to vaping, and and you know we formed in 2009 after the FDA started seizing shipments coming in from overseas. Yep. And you know it was a group of people that were you know kind of loosely together on ECF mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you voted, I don't, I, I don't know who voted in what, but you know, they, they got together and they put together a board of directors. And uh, in 2010, we officially incorporated as a nonprofit, we're a 501 C4. Um, and you know, the bulk of what we do, the way that I spend most of my time is, um, you know, tracking legislation uh, at the local state and federal level, mm-hmm. um, tracking regulation at the federal level, and you know, breaking that down so we can inform consumers about what's happening, and then we, you know, put it through the magic make it simple machine, and yeah. uh, and, and give everybody opportunities to call and write. And even if you're ambitious, you know, you've got the information to be able to meet with lawmakers and attend hearings and, mm-hmm. and speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not really. I'm not a lobbyist. We don't hire lobbyists. This is all about empowering people with information and tools to, you know, get out there, get it done. Yeah, get out there, get it done. Uh, I think it's great. I've been a fan of CASA. I mean, I remember back in 2009 when the FDA started seizing shipments from China uh, at the border, at customs. I remember every vendor was affected, inhaler and pure smoker and everybody, e-liquid planet. They were all affected by this. And I remember, I remember, I remember the beginnings of CASA and 
just having Casa around like in the vape industry, I think is a, is a really important thing. I always try to get people to go to Casa. But one thing that I wanted to like clear up is Casa. Casa does a lot. Casa is a, a, a limited group of people. It's a finite small group of people. And what this small group of people accomplishes is honestly a lot. I mean, there's just so much going on that sometimes Casa can't have calls to actions for things. I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, you know, we, there's, I mean, there's, there's some nuance to it. You know, it's not always just because you see a bill introduced doesn't mean that it's going to move anywhere. Um, and you don't want to kind of, you know, a lot of this is about keeping your powder dry. So, you know, if we, if I put out a call to action for every bill that gets introduced, people would burn out. Lawmakers wouldn't want to hear from us anymore. It would just kind of destroy mm -hmm. any kind of goodwill there is between all of us. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it is it's a really small couple of people. Actually, if you are seeing a lot of the stuff that's written, um, a lot of the stuff on the website, that's I, I got to say, Kristen Nolmarsh, who's one of the mm -hmm. original saw members. Mm -hmm. She does mm -hmm. a good deal of work and people may not realize it. All of those all the information that's on the state pages, the daily heads up alerts. She helps me a lot, a tremendous amount with updating all of the, the legislation stuff that we're putting on our website. Um, she does an excellent job and, you know, she's part time, but she seems to work her fingers to the bone. So yeah. uh, it's 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 her and me. And that's when you see stuff coming out from Casa, it's just it's just two people. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, we do have, uh, you know, a very credible and all volunteer board of directors. Uh -huh. um, you know, these are folks that bring a lot of skills to, to our board. Um, Julie Westner, you know, Julie, a lot of people know yeah. Julie. Yeah. She's, you know, she's been with this from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently, well, earlier this year described her as bedrock of the vaping community. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. So. Ju Julie's awesome. I've, I've known Julie for a long time and I feel like I I'm even though it's a small group of people, we're it's very grassroots and you're doing everything you can. We're doing everything we can. And I just it gives me a little bit of comfort, I guess, knowing that we're not really alone in this. Like we have CASA as a consumer group to maybe guide us a little bit through some of these murky waters of of legislation and you know i gotta tell you before vaping i never really like cared i never really kept up on like bills and governors and assembly people and representatives and how the system works and all of this but because of vaping now we know now a lot of us are real educated and that's due in, in large part to the information that I get from CASA when CASA is talking about how this bill's going to go, what the steps it needs to go through and things like that. I, I'll just sit and praise CASA forever. I think you guys are doing w great work. Great work, Alex. Great work. But enough, Much. enough blowing vapor up your ass, I guess. <laughs> there, it's, just, it's just crazy what's going on out there right now, and we can't possibly... It seems like something's happening every day, Alex. It seems like something's yeah, happening every day. It's it's nuts. It's like I said before we you know went live. I you know it seems like 
I guess it was over the holiday weekend. It, it's maybe started a little bit before that. It was mm -hmm. like every night I was seeing some sort of vaping story on the national news or my local news. And it just seems to have picked up in intensity since then. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got governors from around the country that are making, um, you know, they're having press conferences talking about what they're going to do about flavors, what they're going to do about these lung issues. Um, I, I think I did I did an interview uh, for a, a, a TV station in Ohio this afternoon. Um, so I guess Ohio, there was a press conference. I didn't see the press conference, but, you know, it's yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and and that was that was crazy. I don't even know what that article is going to look like. At one point, the guy asked me about you know why why is Juul putting vitamin E acetate in their flavorings? And I like it was Whoa. just that moment Whoa. of you know like I had to kind of catch my breath. Like <laughs> you have completely read this wrong. Yeah. I, I yeah it was it was I have no idea how good the article is going to be. I apologize if anybody has to read it. Well, no, I mean look, it's it's something, right? You could have done nothing. Yeah. But you got to do something, oh, yeah. you know, you, you got to do yeah. something. And it's the same thing. There was some uh, charter spectrum web series that they wanted to come to my house and interview me. And I didn't know if it was going to be like an, an anti-vaping piece, a pro-vaping piece or whatever. I just said, yes. I'm like, yes, come talk yeah. to me. I'll give I'll try to give you some information. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I felt like I had to do something. Yeah. You know, Definitely. you just got to do it's, it. I, I, I hope that, you know, we put out a, a press release uh, in response to um, the uh, the lung issues. Um, I'm trying to remember which releases are which, but, you know, hopefully that has generated a lot of media people now know that they can contact us for a different perspective. You know, mm -hmm. we're not representing the industry. Right. So uh, we, we do have a, a, a much different perspective. Yeah. But, you, and, I mean, you uh, represent... Yeah vapors i mean and harm reduction you know and mm. facts and science and things like that yeah i mean it's not just yeah. you know the, the harm reduction angle in all of this is what's really getting lost yeah and, and that's it's apparent in all of the the statements that are coming out from departments of health and you know even the fda you know the fda is is so, so far you know, what's the only between the FDA and the CDC, they're the only ones that, you know, came out with a very direct warning to consumers right. about, you know, don't, don't buy black market THC products. Um, but they still didn't they're not really able to address. Look at all of these other smoke free products. And that was an alert that we had to put out because nobody else is talking about it. And quite honestly, there's no other organizations in the space that can other than, you know, maybe like the, you know, if the Drug Policy Alliance wants to get on board or the Harm Reduction Coalition, you know, it's it's just, you know, any vaping specific kind of organization isn't really in a position to say, also try these other smoke-free products right. like snooze, snooze or the nicotine pouches or even try the toothpicks. Like yeah. whatever you do, try something before you go back to smoking. And so that's you know, that's part of our mission and that's a message that we, you know, we have to get out. Yeah, we have to get out. And so I know CASA sent out, there's these, these illicit Ill, black market is what they're calling them. These THC carts and it keeps mm -hmm. getting, you know, they're not doing anybody any favors by just using the blanket term of vaping. Right. Right. That's all they're saying. just caused by vaping. And this is something that I've talked about on the stream. Angela Garrity has mentioned this vaping is just the verb. 
Right. Right. It's the action of vaporizing. So, I mean, that seems really irresponsible that they're just saying this blanket statement of vaping, avoid all vapor products. I mean, how, how in a world when all of the media and everybody is saying vaping, how do we even, how do we even get, our, get our message out? How do we get the truth out there? Yeah, it, it's, I mean, when you stop there, people are going to get confused. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of cross pollination between cannabis and nicotine in terms of you know terminology. I, you know, but there are some very clear and distinct differences between how people talk about the product. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would never call any nicotine product I have here a vape pen. Right. I know that that kind of crosses over, but yeah. vape pen is predominantly in the cannabis world, mm-hmm. and so you know we we consumers we all have our own we got our own lingo man and yeah. you know we know what it is but there are things that health officials are saying that are just absolutely confusing yeah and i mean, i understand you know the public generally does not appreciate nuance and complexity no so when you're putting out a health warning it has to be direct and like i said i mean the only agency that's done a very good job of this so far is the FDA of, of all people? I know, the which FDA is crazy. Is nail. Well, and what do you think yeah. about? I mean, as all this was going on, and these and these teenagers or whoever is getting sick, and one person even died, and now I heard it's up to three people that have died now. And this entire um, time, this how, how many was it? Correct me if I'm I, wrong. I, I've, I I I know of five. I've heard that there is now a sixth. There is now a sixth. Yeah. What do you think about the CDC just dragging their feet and not saying anything for for weeks on end? Don't, I mean, isn't it their responsibility to, to to keep us safe, to keep citizens safe? Yeah, definitely. I, this is you know part of our part of the things that I've been saying to the media, and and I, we've put it in our own materials. The real danger here is that by confusing everybody, we're going to have these people who. Probably recently, I mean, even within the past year or two, they're so freaked out about this news that they're just going to go back to smoking. Yeah. And so, you know, rather than put out information that's protecting people, you're putting out information that's actively harming people. Yeah, actively harming. For and and, I mean, it's not just and and it doesn't stop at the announcement and the public. Now it's eroding the credibility of the CDC which should be a trusted federal agency that we turn to in times of crisis, like when there's something bad in the lettuce and people are getting sick. Yes. But for, for, for the CDC to operate as a political organization, that's, that's just dangerous. It it is dangerous. But I mean, even in that, even in that situation of the bad lettuce, we had that bad romaine lettuce and they said, Mm -hmm. but even then they were a little bit more specific. They said, it's this certain, type of lettuce grown in this very certain area and we're you know these measures are in place they didn't just go all lettuce avoid all avoid all salads that's basically the equivalent of what they're saying well i you know you're you're we're we're moving now into the much larger discussion about cannabis regulation Mm -hmm. which is what has really complicated all of this and you can credit our federal drug laws with a lot of the initial confusion, which comes from people, you know, for fear of persecution, not revealing that they were using a THC product. Yeah. So, 
we had, you know, this is why you've got plenty of people. There's a story of a young man in Philadelphia. He was 19 years old. He showed up and he said he was using, he might have been saying, he might have said he used a jewel. And, and then he ended up in a medically induced coma. And his mom went back to his room and searched it and found the THC cartridge and brought it in. And so that's, you know, it took that to reveal the truth. Right, the truth. And, and, and this is all, you know, our, our federal agencies, a lot of departments of health outside of a legal state, they can't really have this conversation about cannabis and about how people are afraid of talking about it because of cannabis prohibition. Yeah. It, and it's it, you get into this weird area, like you said, where in some states it's legal, in some states it's illegal, and the illegal states are out of control. They have no idea what's going on, but this is something that's even like it. This has happened in California, which is a legal state. So, I mean, evidently there's enough of a black market, even in a legal state for this to kind of pop up. Again, another conversation about appropriate regulations, you know, the, the, I, I, I'm not, I've learned more about cannabis and fake Mm -hmm. pot in the past month than I really ever wanted to know. Yep. Um, but I mean, I'm, I, I, try to follow can follow cannabis issues. We've got some things to discuss about marketing and, and other regulations that yeah. might actually work well for the vapors, the, for the nicotine side of things. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I, as I understand it, it something like two thirds of the marijuana grown in, in California is sold on the underground market. Mm-hmm. So there's a, I mean, there's a glut of supply. Um, but you know, it's also in due, it's also due in part to the fact that the regulations in California are very burdensome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't quite have the word to say. I don't want to really disparage them because yeah, burdensome you know, is fine. There There's is, a lot of hoops to jump is, through. Yeah. A lot it's of a hoops. Lot of, it's, it's, there's a lot of hoops. There's a lot of expensive hoops. Um, but you know, it is this sort of effort to make sure that what's being sold is you know compliant with some sort of standard. You know, there's yes. no pesticides, there's no fungicides, there's no herbicides, there's no contaminants. People have to go through that. Mm-hmm. I understand that it's expensive. You know, if there's a way to make that easier, that it should be done. You know, regulations work best when companies and consumers want to comply with them. Yes. It has to be, you know, the cost has to come down. Whatever tax there is on cannabis in California, I assume it's very high. You know, that's that's a barrier for people to participate in a legal market. So there's all kinds of things that are, you know, pushing these products onto an underground market and making them unsafe. Right. So I've seen a lot of uh, cannabis companies on Instagram and Twitter recently sort of uh, like putting out these. I don't know if I would call it even a press release, but like a mission statement, like we here at whatever farms, lab, whatever we test our th- and they go through this whole like none of this is from us we do not use vitamin e acetate we do this we have trace recall we can look up all of these lab reports we can do all of this stuff and they're sort of defending themselves and kind of separating themselves out from like this big cluster is it why why is it that uh, a liquid manufacturer can't doesn't isn't doing the same thing why isn't a liquid manufacturer like naked coming out and saying we have no part in this. We have this lab stuff. We do, we do it this way. We test our liquids. There's no vitamin E acetate. We're, we're very rigorous in our things and, and defending themselves from this the same way that cannabis companies are. Yeah. I you mean, know, I'm not, 
I, I'm really Casa is not the best yeah. organization to stand up and defend the industry. Yeah, um, we're all about making sure that consumers have access to these products. But um, you know, I will say if if anybody's thinking about doing that, now's the time. I mean, a week ago was the time. Yeah, because I, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the media definitely doesn't understand what these products are all about. They don't understand the FDA regulations. I had to write this reporter back and, and clarify that, you know, according to the existing regulations, and I can't emphasize this enough, yeah. the vapor industry is regulated by the FDA. According to the existing regulations, manufacturers have to be registered with the FDA. They have to have their ingredient listing into the FDA. They're subject to inspection by the FDA. Mm -hmm. And on top of all of that, e-liquid manufacturers somewhat pride themselves on this, the, clean, the cleanliness of their labs. Yeah. You know, they, everybody's got their ISO whatever thousand lab. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they promote that as, you know, an advantage to buying their products. So yeah. um, I know that people have to, you have to be very careful about not making a modified risk claim. But mm. I would definitely encourage anybody to, you know, talk with your legal team and see what kind of statement you can put out verifying that you are compliant yes with, you know the existing regulations and you take you you uh you have good manufacturing practices it's not so much about saying that your product is safer than smoking it's more about saying that you stand by the quality of it and right. that you're comfortable selling it to people and we don't use any of these funky additives or anything yeah like I, that. I think it's I've, it's not, I mean, you don't even have to say, look, our product is safer than smoking. You I think we just have to say, look, our product is safer than the illegal black market cartridges that are making people sick. I mean, is that, and, is I mean, the FDA going to go, no, you can't even say that. No modified health claims. Would we get in I'm trouble? Not, I'm not sure, which is why I always defer to beers. <sighs> Come on, Alex. Yeah, I, I, I thought you had all the... It's, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> no, kidding. I, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't claim to be a lawyer. None of this is legal advice. So definitely check with your right. your legal team. Yeah. But you know, and I you know I don't know what kind of issues you would run into in saying that you know, look, our product isn't what's making people sick, or making some sort of statement about there's no nicotine product that's making people sick. Mm -hmm. I, I I also sort of want to challenge everybody to think about you know what kind of world we're going to be living in under nicotine vapor prohibition, which is arguably right around the corner. Also, yeah. depending on what state or, or city you live in. Yeah. Um, that's a situation where just like with cannabis, people are going to be making these products in an unregulated underground environment. There are, there's no good manufacturing practices. There are no standards to hold people to. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no path for, you know, recourse if a customer gets injured. Um, it, it just, it complicates things and, and makes everything more dangerous. Yeah. So I, you know, we're, this is one of our points that has been thoroughly massaged so that it makes sense to a reporter. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's something I think that people should really hone in on and make, make clear. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, hang on. Let me read this super chat here. Angela Garrity, very gracious of you for CASA. Proud to help moderate in Texas. That's a great idea, Angela. Uh, Angela, all the super chat today, we'll just give it straight to CASA. We, we need to pay, help pay Alex Clark's rent. We need to, we need to, <laughs> <laughs> we, 
We need, we need, they need some help. So all the money today. Very gracious of you, Michelle Lynn, as well. For CASA, hashtag keep up the good work. So the easiest way for a consumer to get involved, uh, get some knowledge dropped on them, it's real easy. You just sign up. You just join CASA, right? It's free. You just need an email. Oh, yeah. And, and there's It's free. And you get the emails, you get the new, what's, talk a little bit about the new thing that's been going out, like the weekly recap email that I found very helpful. You, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So, um, like I said earlier, and, and thanks Angela for her work in our, our Texas group. Yes. Um, and by the way, we have, we have Texas Facebook, where we have Facebook groups for all 50 states. And, uh, I don't know all of the moderators by name but I very much appreciate your work. And um, Kristen is the one who set those up oh. and deals directly with that. Her, her official title, excuse me, is member coordinator. So um, she, you know, she engages with everybody on that level. And, and um, so, you know, keeping it in the theme of Kristen, mm-hmm. um, she, she puts together these sort of daily heads up alerts. They don't come out every day, but uh, it's, it's a little, you know, post on our website. It goes out on Twitter and Facebook. And it's, you know, top stories from the day. She also mixes in. There's some science and commentary in there from some of the, you know, leading tobacco harm reduction experts. So it's, it's a well-rounded daily, somewhat daily type of broadcast. And then on Saturdays, usually Saturdays or Sundays, depending on what I've got on my plate, I'll go through all of those and kind of pick the, you know, the high notes and, and mm-hmm. put that out in an, in an email type newsletter mm-hmm. um, to, you know, and it, there's usually a little bit of a message or maybe a rant from me at the beginning. Yeah, that's <laughs> depending yeah. on the mood. Yeah, and so and so now, go ahead. If 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 you've signed up for Casa and you're opted in to get emails, which everybody should be opted in to get emails, that's how yeah. we alert you to things. Mm-hmm. Um, that that comes out on a weekly basis. Yeah, that comes out on a weekly basis. It's really helpful. It's really informative, especially to people like I I see you. Alex on Twitter uh, daily, uh, people yeah. like uh, you know Charles Gardner and even Matt and myself and just Dimitri and just advocates on Twitter, and it's like a war zone every day on Twitter, isn't it? It's just crazy. It's it's bananas. It There's articles we you know you and we engage with the Surgeon General sometimes. We talk to certain people sometimes, and it feels like. I know what to expect every time I go on Twitter. I have to prepare myself a little like, all right, here we go. It's like going to the front lines on Twitter. Do you think that's where like a lot of this is really happening and going down and this communication is happening is on Twitter? I'm trying to get as many people to Twitter. So it would help yeah, me out yeah. if you said uh, yes. I, I, I've Well, you know, when I, before I started, actually while I was volunteering for CASA back in 2014, um, I... Uh, I was doing the fight for your right to vape daily action plan. And that was pretty much all on Twitter. Every now and then there was something on Facebook, like go to this lawmaker's Facebook page and leave a comment right. or, you know, give one star to the American cancer society. But, um, you know, back then it was definitely like, let's get people engaged on Twitter because that's, you know, there's a lot of journalists on there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, you know, lawmakers, staffers are paying attention to Twitter. If you're tweeting at, uh, at a lawmaker, most likely you're, it's the staff that's reading those. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind, it's not the kind of engagement where you're necessarily going to have a critical conversation with somebody about a particular policy, Yeah. but it's, it's good to, you know, 
they can see that there is this humanity behind this, um, even though they try to you know dismiss us all as bots and whatever. Right. Yeah. Total nonsense. Yeah. They they love to pull the you know like oh you're just a shill kind yeah. of card. Yeah. Um, but it, it's still it catches the eye every now and then we get a we get we get a bite from from the media. Yeah. From national media. Yeah. You get a and, little attention. Um, yeah. So it's and and I'm a I'm I the my favorite new term that I learned through someone else was getting ratioed on Twitter, um, which we we did something I don't know if it was last year or earlier this year uh-huh. um against scott got you know scott scotty socks scotty socks get, get back to getting ratioed on twitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy and do, do you i get i get burnt out alex clark it burns <laughs> me out just reading these articles and you know i don't know if it's just because of what i do in the vape world but People will constant, you know, barrage of emails. Like, did you see this article? 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 And it's always like, just brings me down. And I'm like, yeah, I did. <sighs> like, how do you not? How do you not get burnt out? Or are you burnt out and you just fake it really well? <laughs> I I do get burnt out. I I you know August is supposed to be kind of a quiet time. Mm. It didn't turn no. out to be too good. no. Uh, you know, the, the, the Congress is on recess and things slow down and, you know, the big legislative bodies. Um, but we still have the local stuff that we pay attention to. I had sort of a forced vacation in Jan or in July. I, I fell down some stairs and broke a couple ribs. Oh, I'm so sorry I to was, hear that. Yeah, that's right. I'm totally healed now. Yeah. And one of the most remarkable things I put it up on Twitter was, that you know, I, you know, the thing about healing ribs is you can't, there's nothing really you can do about it except for just don't move. And so, <laughs> right. you know, the challenge for the first few weeks was I also can't sneeze or cough. Oh. And, and so that's sort of part of my testimonial now. After six years of vaping, my lungs are in a position where I didn't have to cough for three weeks. Right. And, you know, that was, that was good. Yeah. Um, I, a couple of sneezes snuck through, and man, I'll tell you, that hurts like hell. Yeah, probably but, not fun. <laughs> yeah. But so that was kind of the, you know, that was my little vacation was like a week on the couch trying to get comfortable. Right. Um, and then as soon but, as you're uh, back, you're just back in it, just yeah, neck, neck deep. Even while that's happening, it's still, you know, I have to pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. And it does. I, you know, Monday, Monday was a pretty brutal day for me. I, I have, that's probably the lowest I've felt in a long time. And it's not necessarily just like, Oh, vaping's getting shit on. It's, you know, I, this is scary. I mean, for health officials to be putting out misinformation as part of a political agenda is absolutely terrifying. I mean, if, if you love democracy, if you love America, this should be shaking you to your core. Yes. And that's, that's, I mean, I walked around all day with my head just in a garbage can. It was, it was awful. Yeah. It, so, but then again, you know, I can turn around and see a bunch of people getting active, a bunch of people being engaged, coming on, you know, the Grim Green show. Yeah. And, that's, you know, these are the little things that lift me. I had a phone call with a woman from Florida who was just, you know, the whole thing about the call was, what can I do? What more can I do? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. demanding things from us or, mm-hmm. you know, telling, you know, giving me the latest horrible headline. It was just, 
what can I do to help? And yeah. that's, I only need one of those a week to kind of, you know, really yeah. lift my spirits up. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, that's really good, you know, and, and people coming together and helping and actually giving a shit. And I think, I think, I think the, the, the other side of, you know, we were talking earlier, it's going to get worse, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets any better. But I think a side effect of it getting worse is that maybe more people will care. Maybe more people will see how much worse it's getting and decide, okay, like I've been on the sidelines long enough. Now I need to do something. Now we need to do something. Do you think it's going to, you know, band us together in the face of adversity? Or do you think it's going to, I mean, this is a pretty big question, Alex. Do you think it's going to divide the vape world? You know, I guess I'm asking too big of a question, but I think that with the, how bad it's going to get, I think more people are going to give a shit. That's, that's, I think that's where I'm landing on it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always sort of understood that, you know, people aren't going to do anything until the building's on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for for all of the the activists out there who, um, you know, have been banging on for years about uh, you know equal pay for women mm-hmm. and um, and you know civil rights and gay rights and all of these things, it took Donald Trump getting elected for all of those people to come out into the streets. Right. For them, that was their apocalypse, and it it galvanized that community. Now, whether or not it's actually led to any kind of change remains to be seen, but it's still, it takes some sort of meteor falling out of the sky for everybody to perk up and take action. So, you know, in the coming months, I mean, we're we're not talking about years down the line anymore. The industry is living on borrowed time. Yeah. So, well, we have been for a while, I think. I think we've been living on borrowed time for a few years now. Yeah, I mean, and depending I mean, on realistically, who to, depending on who you talk to, they'll say that you know any vapor product that's on the market is there illegally as of August eighth, twenty sixteen. Exactly. So it, it you know depends on your perspective, um, but yeah, I think you know, California seems to be a bit of an exception to the rule. I I don't know. I don't mean to disparage the the state of California, but. Um, you know, San Francisco, maybe maybe it's just San Francisco. I don't know. I mean, I've seen tons of people show up in LA for, for hearings. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen tons of people show up in Sacramento and, you know, they do that thing where they just form a line and everybody says, I'm so-and-so and and I'm opposed. Um, but you know, in terms of, uh, you know, getting people to actually have conversations with lawmakers or write messages or make phone calls, Mm -hmm. um, there's, sort of the the proportion is off. You know, we have a lot of members in California, but not a lot of people taking action. Um, But generally, and, and, you know, San Francisco is, is on the way to banning everything. Yeah. So, you know, for the first few years from like, you know, 2013 on, you know, Kassaw was out there, you know, banging on about how the FDA is going to take action and all these products are going to be taken off the shelves. It seems like people didn't really take that seriously. Mm -hmm. And then, the, the deeming rule was proposed and people still didn't take it seriously. The deeming rule was finalized and people still didn't take it seriously. Here we are <laughs> right around the corner from the yeah. FDA strictly enforcing those rules. There's, there's this little bit, this shred of hope, which I don't want to give people hope in this matter because we really don't know what they're going to do. But there's we, that, sh- that. We need if- hope. We need the hope, yeah. Alex. Rebellions are built on hope. Don't you watch <laughs> Star Wars? <laughs> 
Rebellions Absolutely. are built on hope. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's the, the FDA has this enforcement discretion, which, which the agency fought for in this you know, recent court case. And they have retained their ability to, you know, on a case by case basis, exempt manufacturers from certain compliance deadlines. Now, there's no assurances that that's what they'll do. Right. There's no guidelines for, for how that would be applied. So nobody should take that for granted. I just want to make sure that I, at least I say it, that it is there. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But the industry is going to have to fight for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we as consumers are also going to have to make the case and, and really echo things that, that Mitch Zeller said that, you know, if, if, if we are looking at a mass exodus from the marketplace, people are going to go back to smoking and that's bad. Yes. In, in the interim, in the meantime, all of this nonsense we're seeing at the state and local level is still going on. Yes. So states absolutely, you know, well, not absolutely, but states believe that they have the authority to ban flavors and ban the products. We've got this ridiculous bill from Dick Durbin saying that, oh. you know, if, if you're going to say it helps people quit smoking, then you should get it approved as a smoking cessation device. You've got this other, you know, the, 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 the ordinance that the whole ballot initiative is about in San Francisco is yeah. products are banned until they get all the way through market approval. That's stricter than what the FDA has, by the way. And if anybody's oh. unfamiliar with PMTA, once you once your PMTA application is accepted, you have a year to keep your product on the market. San Francisco, you got to go through the whole process. There's no year grace period. Wow. So these are all things that that municipalities and counties and state governments are going to be doing in the if, if they're if your legislature's in session, expect to see some of this crap. Yeah, expect it. And yeah. I mean, do you see do you foresee any other states uh, kind of taking Michigan's lead and, and this, you know, Gretchen Whitmer just by executive decision, just ban flavors. Um, obviously a lot of people are upset about it and I think they're going to, you know, there's certain people trying to fight it, but do you think other States are just going to see that and go, Oh, we can do that. We can do that. And then just, <laughs> and then just, just follow suit and do the same exact thing. I mean, that's, it, it that is on- scary to me. Yeah, it, it depends on the state, uh, depends on your state constitution and what the rules are. Um, you know, according to Michigan, the governor does have that ability to declare an emergency and use emergency powers to put forth some sort of regulation. Um, but it only lasts for six months. Uh, and right now, uh, on Thursday, there's a committee meeting. I'm about to put out an engagement for it uh, to all the Michigan folks. Um, you know, there's a committee hearing sort of it's an oversight committee looking at whether or not, you know, the governor can actually do this. They're yeah. demanding some more transparency. Mm-hmm. They want to hear from the industry. They want to hear from citizens. Um, so we're going to, you know, try to make sure that messages are getting to the committee. Yeah. Um, but New York, you know, we had Governor Cuomo. I'm in New York. Um, we had Governor Cuomo come out yesterday. And uh, the, uh, the, the statement, I believe, was he was directing the Department of Health to put out this warning. Um, but he in that press conference, if, if I, I didn't see it, but if I remember what I've read, he's uh, directing the legislature to give him some legislation that would ban flavors. Um, and there are those bills exist. They, they have been they have been on the table for the past like four or five years. There's a couple of 
lawmakers in New York that just they submit the same bill session after session. Linda Rosenthal is one. She absolutely hates vaping. She hates people who vape. Yeah. Um, she, I, I got the stink guy from her one time on the Upper West Side. Oh. Just you know, she caught a whiff of you know some sort of banana muffin coming Good. out of somebody's mouth. Offensive. Offensive yeah, banana muffin. Just just a horrible person. So um, you know New York. We had Michigan, apparently Ohio, which I haven't looked into yet. I just haven't had time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suspect, yeah, we're going to see other states. I think it depends on how like hungry their governors are for media attention. Um, so if, if somebody's trying to you know, rile up the voters and look like they're doing something, then they'll yeah. probably put out an announcement. But it does. It remains to be seen whether or not they can do that legally. And that's just isn't that just one of the most obnoxious, obnoxious things of all time is, look, this is a fairly serious topic. We're talking about the health of the nation, cancer, COPD, things like this. And it's so frustrating and so obnoxious to see these grandstanding politicians simply using it as part of their whatever platform and, and, and for attention and to, they don't care. They're just, it's just a, it's just a hot button topic to them. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's like any propaganda. It's always peppered with some truth. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't really question people's sincerity about wanting to protect the children. I just think that they're, you know, it, it gets lost in the eager to please, you yeah. know, it, it's, eager to please. you've got these, these parents groups out there, you've got Matt Myers and the body parts groups, and they're all coming at lawmakers with an agenda. They want tobacco gone. And I mean, let's not, you know, dance around the subject of, you know, the American Cancer Society said nice things about us. Right. The American Cancer Society signed a letter with all these other groups saying PMTA enforcement needs to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. And so they they don't really care about whether or not you have access to safer products. They think that nicotine gum and patch and prescription drugs and counseling is all anybody needs. Right. Um, right. So you know, when when you're taking advice about protecting children from people who just are advocating for prohibition, it, it all gets lost in the message. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I feel for parents. I'm not a parent myself, but I was once a pretty reckless teenager. And so, I mean, I, I know what I put my folks through. And, you know, I understand that people are very concerned about you know, addiction and other substance use and all of this dangerous stuff. But one of the things I think people have to recognize is that the reason why we're so afraid of all of this stuff is because it happens in the shadows. Yep. There is no regulatory oversight of how these products are made, sold, or consumed. And that creates this, you know, very dark and shady world where people get hurt. Yes. So, um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying kids should use drugs, but I'm not naive enough to you know not acknowledge that teenagers are going to do these things yeah if they're going to do these things we have to give them better advice than just say no yeah than just say no yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) just say no that's and you know once upon a time it was okay with smokers just to you know you know the quit or die mentality you know like we don't offer smokers any help it's your own decision just quit or die 
And that's only yeah. acceptable. When, I don't understand when smokers became like the second class citizen. There's a good book on it, um, actually, and he's on Twitter. Um, I, I want to say his name is James McFadden. He wrote a, big, a book called Tobacco Knocked. And oh. um, I have it. I just haven't read it, but um, he gets a lot into the, it's, you know, dissecting anti smokers' brains, mm -hmm. um, getting into kind of the motivations behind the whole, you know, war on, war on smoking and war on smokers. Yeah. Um, you know, sometime, and, and, you know, there's a, there is a really long history of this, actually. I mean, the earliest, uh, uh, written record of any kind of maybe tobacco control comes from 1604. Uh, I want to say it was like King Charles V. He wrote this, this decree. It was called a counterblast to tobacco. And he listed kind of four points of, um, you know, why his uh, subjects shouldn't consume tobacco. They shouldn't smoke or use tobacco at all. And one of them is probably, you know, one of the earliest recorded accounts of, you know, racism in tobacco policy, where he referenced that, you know, men who use tobacco act like they become like the savages where the tobacco was grown. And that's not acceptable. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> wow. It's, it's pretty, yeah. Wow. That's bananas. Uh, all right. I'm gonna, let me read some of these super chats here from the chat. Mike Walsh, very gracious of you. He says, I wish I could do more at this moment, but I know that every little bit helps. Hashtag it takes everyone. Uh, look, I really appreciate that, Mike. Kasa really appreciates that. Oh, my Lanta, very gracious of you. Oversight Committee will meet in its regular location Thursday, 10.30 a.m. in room 236 of the Office House Building, 124 North Capitol Ave, Lansing, Michigan. Meetings are open and available to the public. Spread the word. Let's go. Good information there, Dan. Really appreciate that. Samuel Williams, the founding father, very gracious of you, thought this was America. What happened to freedom of speech? Don't need the government to protect me from all founding uh don't need the government to protect me from uh, all the founding fathers would be rolling in their graves over stuff like this um i think that's an excellent point and when uh when uh gretchen from michigan gretchen whitmer from michigan did this executive sort of flavor ban thing i noticed uh it wasn't just vapors that were upset about it it seemed like a lot of people in Michigan were really upset about it. I, I saw comments on Twitter and I saw comments on some articles where people saying, you know, look, I'm not a smoker or a vapor, but that's just abuse of authority. Like, I'm not okay with this. People are not okay with this. What are the odds of getting non-smokers and non-vapers uh, on board with, with sort of going against this, this government corruption misinformation? Yeah, I mean, we're already getting feedback from from state lawmakers. I mean, this is why we're, we're seeing this hearing is because, you know, people in Michigan responded to this and mm -hmm. they, yeah, we have, I mean, several thousand people within the first 24 hours responded to our call to action. So lawmakers have been hit with this for days. And, and it really, you know, a, a governor's, you know, the concept of emergency powers exists for a reason. It, exist when there is a real emergency yes. and you don't have time to deal with the legislature right. in order to do something like step in and save people's lives. But for this issue, this is a clear overstep of her authority. And, you know, it's when you give somebody emergency powers or give them that option, there's a trust there that, you know, this person's only yeah. going to use this in, you know, justifiable situations. But yeah, this is, this is clearly, you know, this is going to, this this should 
erode her credibility. Yes. She, as a politician, her career should be damaged by this. It should be. And I hope that it is. And I'm going to continue to try to damage her career because of this. Uh, absolutely. And honestly, a lot of the times when I see like, I mean, it just happened in Michigan, but when you see these like flavor band things, it feels so lazy to me. It feels like they would rather just ban it than even attempt to understand it. I feel like the politicians and the health committee members go, no, 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 that's just too much work. We're just going to ban it instead. No, 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 that sounds like too much work to try to understand it. And now that we have this cannabis aspect that's now included and sort of mixed up in all of this vaping, cannabis, vitamin E, acetate, I think these blanket bans and things are, are not going to be effective because they refuse to learn the intricacies of it. It just seems super lazy to me. Yeah, it, it, I mean, not only is the policy lazy, but like you said, every, all the discussions leading up to this are clearly missing the point. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so across the country, the minimum legal sales age for any nicotine product is 18. Yes. There are communities where enforcement is carried out very well, um, certainly a lot of people who most of the people who run a vapor shop are, are on sort of heightened awareness about this. They're very good about carding people. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that everybody's perfect. I don't care what segment of the industry you're in. People are making mistakes. But, you know, we have guidelines. We have a way to, you know, at least do the best we can to prevent sales to minors. Right. Even if you could achieve all of that, the kids are doing it. Anyway, yes, they're going to find a way to get their hands on this stuff. And just to give you an example, so one of the people who was at this meet and greet for local candidates on on Sunday is a middle school principal. And as soon as he heard vaping, he was like, "Oh, it's it's crazy." I mean, yeah. the kids—they all have it. He's got a desk drawer full of devices and liquids yeah. and all this stuff. And then he said, "Now they're taking like the capsules for like cold medicine." Sure. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I sincerely hope that they are using blanks and they're filling them with e-liquid and then they're selling that. So it's the, it's the vaping cultures, Lucy. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So it, because you know, the cost of the, again, you know, we have these arguments about how raising the price discourages young people from using them. Well, now kids figured out a way to kind of cut down on that cost and they can sell them yeah. in little kind of single, single dose things. So they take that capsule and they empty it into their cartridge or pod or whatever, and then they vape it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. See, and that, that, that's 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 not some big tobacco or big vapor plot. The kids figured that out on their own. Yeah, that's them. So what, using what does their... anybody think that prohibition is going to do? Yeah, prohibition. I mean, and look, in seventh grade, let's talk about 13-year-old Nick Green in seventh grade smoking. For sure. Never bought cigarettes, but I smoked. Uh, definitely smoked a lot of weed. Never bought any weed, but smoked weed. Definitely drank a lot. Never bought any liquor, but definitely drank a lot. So for me, all of that stuff was illegal, but I definitely, definitely, 100% was able to get it and use it. I mean, yeah. is that just anecdotal evidence to to people? Do we not learn from the past? I mean, by doing this prohibition and banning flavors, aren't they just creating a bigger black market? A much more yeah, robust I mean, black market? 
it's the you know the the, the kids are going to get it from social sources. I don't care how high you raise the age; it's always going to happen. You know, yeah. what's the legal minimum purchase age for marijuana in most of the country? Yeah, twenty one. It's infinity. No, it's, it's oh, is infinity. It infinity. There is no there is no minimum legal purchase age in most of the country. It, it, it's right. you know when I was a kid, it, you know nobody's allowed to buy LSD, but you know I did it when I was thirteen years old. Yeah. So, you know how how did that work? But out? that so but it was illegal. Yeah. How did you get it? It was illegal. You know, some guy made it in his in his basement. I I don't know. I yeah. don't know where it came from. Well, that's the <laughs> thing about criminals is they usually don't care about the laws. That's the thing. Yeah, and I I was thirteen. I didn't know anything about you know traceability and product standards and good manufacturing practices. Yeah, no, it nobody was, does you know, at thirteen. If someone well, hands, some drugs. Yeah, it's like if someone hands you a, a pod at thirteen and your friends are around, and they're like, hit this pod. You go, okay, I'm definitely going to hit this pod, and I don't know what's yeah, in it. it. It's one of those one of those points that they love to bring up in in committee hearings is like how you know how kids don't know that there's nicotine in these products well i mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist or even an epidemiologist to figure out that <laughs> they don't know what's in it because they're not getting it in the original package yes they're just some friend is passing it around in the bathroom or yeah. gives them whatever and yeah. there's there's no warning label on that nope nothing in fact what we you know what i was reading about with uh, some middle school kids were apparently doing this and not that i want to give anybody any ideas but uh, one of the one of the ways, I guess, that uh, the underage youths are are using vapor products is someone will buy a jewel, and it will be left in a sort of secret spot in the bathroom, maybe where anybody anybody can go in, have a few hits, put it back for the next person to come in there, have a few hits, put it back for the next person. Those kids, yeah. man, they're smart. That's smart. Hey. The, the one thing I heard from the middle school principal was they hide them in ceiling tiles in the classrooms. Ah. And then, you know, they get on their phone and they tell their friends, you know, in third period, whatever, to look above the tile behind the desk and row, whatever. Yep. And there it'll be. Check it out. And you know, your so, yeah, we've, you know, passing notes in class is that's so low tech. And I know <laughs> technology at this point. Stone Age technology. Well, we got another super chat from Sergio. Very gracious of you. Ten bucks going to Casa. AZ Advocate. Uh, to help Casa, I'm trying here in Arizona. Very gracious of you there, AZ Advocate. Uh, oh, he did another one. It should have been ten. Oops. And then he did another one and said, I'm having a bad day, okay? <laughs> Kelly Bell, very gracious of you. For Casa. Russell Thomas, we got one in there for Casa. Appreciate that. Jimmy James, very gracious of you. Hashtag vaping saves lives uh ohm comforts ohm comforts very gracious of you that's going to casa as well make sure i didn't miss any of these chronic master vapor love that name sir vaping helped me quit the government funded death sticks uh the hobby side of vaping kept the addict inside me dormant for two years and my asthma is non-existent i'm a proud member of casa thank you so much very very much uh very much appreciate that Tactical Ted, it's frustrating how people accept everything on the news to be truth. It's been slower in the shops since this BS blew up, and I have to educate customers on what's really going on. And that's, I mean, that's an excellent point with how much, like, distrust there is in the media, with how much distrust there is in this current administration, with how much distrust there is in the FDA and the CDC, we, people still... 
just take what they say as Bible truth, regardless of their, you know, their previous, well, they were wrong about that, but they're probably right about vaping. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the headlines. I mean, we, we really have a crisis of people digesting information in this country and, you know, folks just read the headline. I, I, when I sent out our alert about try smokeless tobacco products and anything yeah. else before you go back to smoking, I had well over a dozen responses that were just angry. Like, how dare you spread this propaganda and all yeah. this nonsense? And I thought, wait, that was, I, I just, I put vaping lung syndrome in the subject line because that's, that's what people are talking about. You know, you, you have to open the email and please right. read the content. Yes. But this is, you know, this is policy advocacy by headline. It's science by headline. And, and you know, these folks know that, that people just read the headlines. Yeah. So it's. That's it. Uh, and, you know, this is something that I've talked about with other people. Joe Rogan mentioned this on his podcast, too. He calls it the war of the loud. Mm. It's just whoever's louder, that's who's right. Whoever's the yeah. loudest. I, I responded. One of our neighbors actually sent me a link to some little, you know, skimming the headlines kind of email she gets every morning. And um, it was a, it was about Juul, um, but it was also about the lung issues. And I responded and said, you know, this is you know, this is the problem with living in a post truth society. It's the person with the loudest microphone gets to set the narrative. So, yeah, I mean, that's know, right. perfect post truth society. Welcome to America yeah. where we love tobacco and facts don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100%. And now we got, okay, so I do kind of actually want to wrap this up a little bit. We've been going for an hour, and I want to keep this a little bit shorter, maybe make it a little bit more accessible to people on the replay because there's a lot of good information in here from Alex that's been thrown out there. The last thing, the very last thing I wanted to mention is uh, now we have uh, Bloomberg, the, the philanthropist, who's about to spend $160 million to ban, to, to what? To ban flavored vapor? Is that what he said? Are you familiar with this, Alex? Have you seen any of this? Yeah, this, this came, uh, obviously, like everything, this sort of came out in the midst of doing all the kinds of other stuff. I hadn't had a time yeah. to sit down with this. But yeah, that's my understanding, is that this is part of his, and Bloomberg has a very anti-tobacco agenda. Um, there's a pretty good analysis on Twitter um, yep. of, uh, you know, his kind of pattern with funding these types of things. Uh, he came out being very anti pharma company, uh, at some point, but I think once he realized that the, the pharmaceutical companies would be funding his political career, he had to kind of roll back those statements. So, you know, he, he goes where the wind goes and what's, he's a finance guy. It's, mm -hmm. that's, it's, it's that simple for him. So I, you know, he, obviously sees some sort of money-making opportunity here um and he's got a lot of cash to throw around yeah um but, you know that's this you know this is another one of those things is you know all of these anti-tobacco anti-nicotine anti-vaping groups they're all very well funded by rich people like you know bill and melinda gates and and bloomberg um so we're you know we're we're kind of outgunned here and it's 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 getting it's been serious for years. Yeah, it's crazy. How, and, and here's where this is the craziest part to me is vapors, uh, tobacco. I, I hate using the term vapors, but like tobacco harm reduction advocates. We have all that we're fighting with is facts and, you know, science and things like this. 
And it seems like all of the antis, all that they're fighting with is money because they know they have more than us and misinformation because it, it's so easy to do. And they rely on no facts. They rely on no science. They rely on no data. And then the data that they do rely on, like the 2018 National Youth Tobacco Survey, gets twisted and conflated to where it doesn't even represent the original data anymore. I mean, they can't, they can't, this isn't sustainable. They have to lose at some point, right? They can't run from the science forever, Alex. I, you know, this is kind of the, the dark and lame part of all of this is that, um, you know, I, I wake up every morning reassured that I am on the right side of history. That's how I can keep showing up for work every day. Um, and I know that, you know, thousands, millions of vapors out there probably feel the same way. Um, unfortunately, you know, history shows us that folks being on the, 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 the righteous side of things, we don't really get any credit for it. And we don't <laughs> see the policies that we need until, you know, a generation down the line. Yeah. So this can drag on for 5, 10, 15, 20 years yeah. before there is any kind of look back and policymakers and historians saying, wow, campaign for tobacco-free kids really, really screwed up yeah, on this really one. really screwed and people, up. And people died unnecessarily because of it. Um, I, I don't, I sincerely don't want to wait that long for for this to get fixed. No. But it's it's definitely a possibility and you know, there there will be a reckoning. It's just we may not actually be able to hold people accountable to the extent that yeah. they end up in jail. Well, that's what I'm wondering is if 10 years down the road can Jewel sue these health committee uh groups or sue a politician for misinformation uh against slander uh, whatever there's i mean is there anything they in the future they could do could we sue politicians for being for misinforming us on the real dangers of tobacco versus vapor products i know you said you were trying to wrap this up and then you asked i know i just look that's where my thoughts went let's just keep this going for a little bit um, this was the, the woman who called me earlier today was asking that, and this has certainly been something that people have discussed. Um, just to, you know, by way of background, um, you know, Iowa Attorney General Tom Miller, who has been squarely on the side of vaping for a while now, yep. um, you know, gave a presentation about just this. Uh, you know, back when Chicago did the um, uh, it was like the vaping poison or no, it was the vaping truth campaign. Mm. And, uh, they had these huge billboards that were talking about how it's poison and this and that. And mm-hmm. I remember, um, uh, Vicky who's in, in Chicago has a couple of shops there. Um, she had people walking into her store that had just seen this billboard and were totally freaked out and they were absolutely reluctant to try a vapor product. And so, you know, this was one of the earliest examples of a public health campaign actually causing harm mm-hmm. and discouraging people from switching and they just end up to continue smoking. And so that was a thought of, wait a second, you know, yeah. you're, these messages are harming people. We should be able to take legal action against the Chicago yes. Department of Health. Yes. It turns out there really is no legal pathway to do that. And 
and especially not for you know an attorney general. Attorneys general typically deal with you know consumer product issues. If you're injured by a product, you can work with your state attorney general to to take on the company and get some sort of compensation or you know get them to change their practices, whatever whatever the nature of the lawsuit. But public health departments are not producing a consumer good. They're not they're not a company in the traditional sense. So uh, it, it's just not. There are possibly some legal theories out there about how to go about this, but nobody's successfully come up with it. I mean, it should be a slam dunk if somebody can figure it, it yeah, out. A hundred percent, because the state of California, I'd like to hold them responsible because. Every day, almost every day, you drive by these billboards. Uh, my wife, Casey, sent me a picture she took um, in Los Angeles. It's got to be 20 stories high, 30 stories high. Just nicotine is brain poison. And then a picture of a jewel. And I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that is a public health subtraction. That is, that is a negative public health. That is someone who is a smoker might see that and just continue smoking. And they say like, yeah. oh, it's, 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 a, it's a youth issue, right? We're trying to get to the youth. But it's not only youths that see these posters or see these billboards on the freeway where adults are driving. They're, I mean, they yeah. want their message to get to the youths. It's not getting to the youths. It's getting to adults. And then the adults just continue smoking. And I think that they oh, need yeah. to be held responsible for that. You know, this is the any time that we see anybody come out with some sort of new campaign targeted at the young people, and it's going to scare them into not using all of these things. It it almost immediately after that comes out, those exact same messages are delivered to city councils and state legislators. State legislators, right? It's it it there is no micro targeting or separation between adults and youth. I mean, I I would not be surprised if. You know, that uh, was it. the I think it was part of the real cost campaign. There was that video that the FDA came out with with the brain worms and all this stuff. And yeah, it's yeah. an epidemic sweeping the country. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm almost positive that video was shown to adult lawmakers. And, it, it you know, the FDA did their research on that and they concluded that this video should not be viewed by adults. It right. will completely distort their understanding of nicotine and vaping and all of that. But it is absolutely, those messages have been used to persuade lawmakers to pass awful legislation. Awful legislation. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, yeah. Alex. All right, I'm, uh, let me get through these last few super chats here. Brad, very gracious of you. Nate, also, shout out to Nate, very gracious of you. We got Ryan Wolfer here. Had to educate my sister on vaping. She believed the news on lung issues and everything. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate when I talk to vapers who are scared by this, who are them themselves considering stopping vaping and, and picking up a pack of cigarettes because at least you know what you're getting, right? That's what a lot of people say. Well, at least you know what you're getting with cigarettes. Like, yeah, all the bad <laughs> yeah. stuff, bro. All the bad stuff. None of the good stuff. None of the good stuff. If, if I could, go ahead. If, if I could just jump in, yeah. you know, for for folks. I sorry, I forget. I forget the name already. But you know, for for folks like like this person, you Ryan. have to have to have Ryan Wolfer. Ryan. Ryan Wolfer. Yeah. Ryan. Ryan Wolfer. Um, so for folks like Ryan who have to have that conversation with their their siblings or friends, um, you know, take take the FDA's warning, have that handy, 
Um, you know, the FDA has explicitly said, first of all, that this is related to THC cartridges on the black market. Second of all, the FDA has made it clear that this is not a situation that is coming about after a long period of time. And the way that reads is this is not a result of long-term use. This is something that has happened right. suddenly. And that, you know, from their perspective, points to a particular ingredient that mm -hmm. is making people sick. If people who vape need some reassurances about the ingredients that are in their products, well, legally, nothing is supposed to have changed since August 8th, 2016. If a manufacturer does start using some sort of suboptimal kind of ingredient to save some money, which from what I understand is not a very good way to save money, nope. then that triggers that, that triggers a PMTA from the FDA. The FDA can absolutely take action and say, you've changed your product, you need to go through this pre-market pathway. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it's, you know, all signs are pointing way away from the nicotine side of things. Yes, way away from the nicotine side of things, but still, and I mean, this is a bigger discussion to have for another day, but it's the headline readers. And, and, and yeah. it seems like a, a lot of us, more people than not, are, are becoming conditioned to just be headline readers. Headline readers. It's just ha they see vaping. They associate vaping with the jewel. They go, it must be the jewel that's doing this. Yeah. Mission accomplished with all that misinformation. Smider-Man, very gracious of you. $10 going to Casa Miniola. That's all he said is Miniola. Not sure exactly what that means, but I appreciate that, Smider-Man. Steven, very gracious of you. Jim, awesome, very gracious of you. Please ask Alex how Casa spends its donations. <laughs> Remember I told you we're going to defend Casa today, Alex. Let's answer, yeah. uh, let's answer Jim's question. So, uh, you know, we don't provide a, you know, itemized breakdown of everything when, you know, it's people can go on to, um, um, oh God, why am I drawing a blank? It's the, it's the site where all the nonprofits are listed. GuideStar, GuideStar. GuideStar. People can go to GuideStar and when we have them available, our annual 990 form is, is, is published there. Uh, we file. We are required to file, you know, tax returns with the IRS every year, uh, and so that lists things like my salary, which I'm not going to talk about in polite company, but nope. I do get paid. Yeah. Um, I get paid as you should, as you yeah. should, Alex. No one's expecting you to do all of this work for zero. You should be getting paid. <laughs> I, I quit a pretty decent job to come work for Casa, so um, yeah, I appreciate the compensation. Um, I'm not, you know buying a sports car with this by any stretch of the imagination but um you know i can at least buy groceries um and uh so you know all of those things are listed on there more detailed in sort of a general way um you know we pay a lot of money for the legislative tracking software that we use we pay for the point and click advocacy platform that we use um and then we have two other employees kristen Nolmarsh, and then our uh, chief financial officer, we have to, to make sure our, our books are in order. We have yeah. to pay somebody to, to get that all done. Um, we also pay annually, uh, they're called solicitation filings, which allows us to accept donations from all over the country. Um, there are some travel expenses. I haven't done a lot of travel this year, but, and I, and I travel cheap. Um, yeah. but you know, attending conferences mainly and, and, uh, every now and then we'll go to a trade show. Uh, I'm going to be in Tampa in October. Okay. Um, 
and I'm going I'm going down to DC for the the VTA conference next week, mm-hmm. um, which is fortuitous because I have two live interviews scheduled while I'm down there. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, there's there's quite a bit of you know none of this really is cheap or free. Um, you know, Cassad did it on the cheap for several years. Uh, when I first started, we still had actually you know when I was volunteering, I would do work for Greg Conley, uh-huh. and he would sort of you know post something in the Skype chat or in Facebook and ask somebody to you know look up all the lawmakers in this particular state or city, and that's I would come home from work. And I would put together contact lists for Greg Conley. And then you put that in a blogger post and send it out to everybody, which was yeah. like roughly 20,000 people. And we had people from all over the country responding to, you know, legislation in, you know, like Vero Beach, Florida. You're right. And it's just it was small potatoes and very slow. And it's really hard to kind of get people to sit down and, you know, copy and paste all of the email addresses and then write their letter and we're, we're providing bullet points. It's just, it's a mess and it doesn't really generate a lot of engagement. So that's why we pay for this, you know, digital advocacy platform. So mm-hmm. it really is point and click and you don't have to think necessarily about the message. We want people to, you know, add their story, personalize it and really think about what they're sending but we're not putting it all on the advocates to come up with this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that is by no stretch of the imagination free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's obviously substantial operating costs involved. I mean, obviously. And like I said, Alex needs to get paid. Alex, this is your job. This is your full-time job. He is 100% full-time fighting for our rights. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's worth all the money, all the money we can muster. Uh, for British Eyes Only, very gracious of you. Many friends and coworkers ask me about headlines. I calmly and concisely explain to them the facts, educate the misinformed, and the truth will spread. I got a couple more super chats here we're going to get through. Antonio, very gracious. Uh, oppose Illinois House Bill 3883. Not 100% familiar yep. what that is. Uh, is that a flavor ban, usage ban? something flavor ban ah flavor ban in illinois oh fantastic all right illinois so, house bill 3883 it was it was just introduced on the 5th i believe um so i i haven't uh, checked on it today i don't know if it's getting a committee assignment or a committee hearing um but yeah any any of this nonsense in illinois is particularly dangerous now because we've got dick durbin out there saying stupid things and uh, I believe uh, this year he actually showed up in the legislature in support of something which is very rare and not mm. necessarily on the level. Mm. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, JJ for FSU, very gracious of you. So many people didn't think what happened in Michigan could happen to them, and they are dead wrong. I bet Michigan thought the same thing. You can't wait for someone else to speak up for you. Hashtag rise up. Tracy Kennedy, very gracious of you. Just a, just a skosh. I appreciate it. Kasa appreciate it, appreciates it as well. Joshua, uh, we have to go on the offensive. TV, radio, big rally in D.C. We can't always play defense for Kasa. Nate Johnson, this is going to be the last super chat here. Nate Johnson, solution to the vape issue, two steps. Ban cigarettes and turn vape into prescription systems. Vape shops can be licensed vape dispensaries, not ideal, but a compromise that will save lives. Yeah, that's not, I, I don't I don't know if any of that uh, 
would be a, a, a real helpful solution. See, I don't, I mean, I can't speak for cassette. I don't want cigarettes banned. I mean, I don't want cigarettes banned. I think if you're a, I'm a freedom guy. If you're a free American, smoke if you want. That sh- you should be allowed to do that. I don't want cigarettes yeah. banned. I, I mean, we we typically don't we don't take a position on policies affecting mm-hmm. smoking, um, but I, I think you know there is a line there that you know we're I'm never going to advocate for cigarette prohibition. Um, mainly because we'll just see all of the cigarettes sold on the black market. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, we, we are learning this lesson with cannabis. We're going to learn this lesson with other drugs that the it's better to have a legal regulated marketplace where consumers can have some confidence about where the products are coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even, you know, the incentive for states is that they can get some tax revenue off of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm not interested in banning cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as, you know, uh, vapor products only being allowed as medicine, you know, you know, think about the nicotine products that are available as medicine. Yeah, they are. They are pretty underwhelming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of uncomfortable to use. That's that's what we'll get. That's yeah, that's that's exactly what we'll get. That, that's exactly what we'll get. Uh, one last super chat from my main man, Vinyl and Vapor. Very gracious of you. Uh, he just says, thank you for your hard work, Alex. And that's coming from my buddy Eric. So, it, you know, that's, uh, that means a lot right there. All right. Uh, well, Friends on Twitter. <laughs> friends on Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all friends on Twitter. We all go on Twitter and have each other's backs, defend each other. I like your tweets all the time. I'm like, that deserves a like. Alex Clark's tweet right there. Like it. Go like the tweets. Uh, Honestly, get on Twitter. Get involved. Join CASA. Get involved. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up, but I want to thank Mr. Alex Clark. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to help educate us less less informed people. Um, Give me me a final little pitch. Join CASA. Follow you on Twitter. Where can people find you if they want to be in the Alex Clark world? Definitely join CASA. Follow at Casa Media on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me. I'm at Hello Alex. It's Hello underscore Alex. Um, and for anybody who wants information to give out to folks, to skeptics, or anybody that's worried about this stuff, definitely check out our website. We have it's a section that's called Free Printable Materials. We have trifold pamphlets that you can print out. You can just refer them to the About Tobacco Harm Reduction section on our site. Um, so there's a lot of really good information there for the skeptics or the people who've lost faith in all of this. We want to make sure that they're, you know, sticking with smoke-free alternatives and not going back to smoking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Real good discussion. Uh, thank you again, Alex, for, for coming on today. Such short notice. Alex hit me up like a few <laughs> hours ago and said, hey, maybe this is the week where we finally do the damn thing. And I'm like, today it seems like the right time with just so yeah. much chaos and anarchy going on right now. So much misinformation. You guys, we got to stay educated. We have to keep spreading the truth. We have to remember, we have to have science on our side. We may not have money. We may not have politicians, powerful politicians, but we do have science on our side. Uh, one more super chat from Antonio. Very, very gracious of you. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for being here one more time. Alex, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate all that, uh, all that all that, all that, Casa does, and I hope our paths cross uh, sooner 
rather than yeah. later, my friend. Sooner rather than later. It would be great to see you. It would be great. It would be great. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got for today, everybody, here on Tuesday Bro Tuesday. And uh, thanks for coming out. Thank you, Alex. Apparently, I'm, I'm just stuck in a loop now of just thanking people. <laughs> thanks, everybody in the chat. Thanks, Alex, for coming out. Let's just end the damn thing.